0: Hey everyone, this is David here with the Magical Stories of Healing and Spiritual Gifts podcast. Super excited to talk to you all today. Um, I have my lovely wife Megan with me.
1: Hello everyone.
0: And I have an awesome special guest today. I'm really pumped for multiple reasons to talk to him. He has such an interesting story uh, from uh, early to what he's doing now all around the world. And it, it, I'm personally excited because it kind of parallels kind of where I'm kind of feeling called to go towards. So I'm very excited to introduce you to uh, Michael Mboma uh, Cassidy. He is a traditional Iboga BeWiti Nganga, he- which is healer uh, for BeWiti healing. Uh, he's a traditional counselor, storyteller, martial artist, key gong practitioner, and dedicated father. And he's studied deep in the jungles of Gabon under a, under his mentor, which is a 10th generation shaman. And he continues to provide Michael with guidance and direction for his work in Canada and all over the world. Does that kind of sum it up, Michael?
2: Nice. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you for
0: the intro <laughs> and uh, hello everybody <laughs> awesome awesome we're super excited to have you here man so you are really going around the world now uh working with this incredible plant medicine but before we get into all that which i can't wait to hear about we'd love to hear a little more about your childhood just to kind of understand how you were raised like from what we know uh you're raised really strictly right it was like catholic, catholic. Is, is that correct
2: well yeah, I, I was raised Catholic, whether, you know, strict Catholic uh, in the beginning, and less
0: so as I grew older. Gotcha. Makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, I
2: grew up in a
0: Catholic household. Right? Got, got it, got it. I always think that's interesting. I, uh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I, I also, um, in the beginning, in my younger years, I was uh, guided um, by my parents to uh, become an altar boy. And, and I was actually being groomed to go to seminary school, wow. um, but uh, I obviously
0: didn't uh, didn't do that. They don't well, have too much plant them. medicine in seminary school, huh? <laughs> no,
1: they don't. They, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how what changed then for you? Like what did it? Like what was the turning point? where you like, no, I don't want to do that. This is what I want to do. And like, and well, I, it... Oh, go ahead.
2: I guess, really, to, to be frank, I, I uh, ended up moving out of the city and uh, leaving the church that uh, that I was involved with as a child. My my parents had uh, had moved. My mother had decided to move uh, across the country, and uh, we started at a at a new church, and it just didn't feel the same. And I was getting a little older. I was in my uh, I guess I was around 12 years old. You know, I used to love to sing as a child, and then I started uh, singing again at this new church. And of course, with you know puberty and the cracking voice, uh, I didn't uh, I didn't sing as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, and I just felt uh, kind of embarrassed. Actually, it was a situation where I felt embarrassed in my singing, and uh, I just stopped going. And then it just wasn't uh, something that we were. My mother had pushed me to do at this point anymore, and uh, and then I just uh, I stopped attending all uh, altogether, and uh, and began uh, a quest. Actually, in my early teens, um, you know, opening up to new concepts and ideas, and listening to other traditional teachings and things like Buddhism and other other religions started across my my awareness. And they didn't sound uh, horrible at all. Well. Actually, they sounded very similar in, in their teachings and the, and the beauty behind them, the words and what they're speaking. And uh, so I just kind of opened up my door.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I
2: opened up my door,
1: with my eyes, and door to new things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what brought you to the plant medicine, though? Like, did you need healing? like, how? What was the path like to get you to that to that point?
2: Okay. Well, it was actually really quite serendipitous. I was actually. Uh, you know, in my, turn, in my teen years, uh, experimenting with things like mushrooms, you know, on a recreational level and kind of having some awakenings and kind of just new perceptions of things and, and looking into that kind of culture. And uh, to be frank, I started to, uh, to get involved with drugs and other things. And, and I just, uh, I never really thought of these kind of medicines in, a, in, a, in the same kind of way I didn't, uh, I thought it was just people getting high <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. to be frank so I met a bunch of people who did some ayahuasca ceremony this is many many years ago almost uh, 20 years ago close to, yeah almost 20 years ago I met some people who did an a ayahuasca ceremony and it came to a house that I was at after doing this ceremony, it was in British Columbia in Canada and uh uh, we were all, they just all came in, I had no idea where they came from or what they were doing and we all just really conversed and had some great conversations and one of them turned to me and asked me how I liked the ceremony. And I said, what are you talking about? They <laughs> <laughs> said, well, you weren't at the ceremony? I'm like, no. They said, wow, you talk like you were.
0: Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> so so uh, that was my first introduction to uh, plant medicines and they, you know, they were, they, they all seemed pretty nice and wonderful and they all sounded like they had a great experience. But it just didn't jive with me, and I was actually uh, asked to attend one, and at the time I was studying with the Qigong master, and uh, I, there wasn't something that crossed my mind, it wasn't really something I was interested in. Like I said, I thought it was you know, people getting high and having you know very similar experience to recreational uh, mushrooms or something. Right,
0: so, right. Uh, yeah, and that
2: was a long time ago.
0: Right, yeah, I, then, I guess that would make sense.
2: Yeah, then I, I, began studying with other, other teachers and, uh, that I had met over the time, meditation teachers. and I met some people that, uh, did a ceremony with me. It was uh, an energetic ceremony, uh, called Munaki. And this is a, uh, a sort of, uh, started by a group in the United States by a, a, a gentleman called Alberto Veloldo. And he went and studied with the Kiero up in the mountains in the Andes. And the Kiero were, uh, um, a lot of people refer to them as the masters of living energy. They're, they give these incredible spontaneous healings and energetic uh, healings and divination work. And uh, they're actually the Incan descendants. And they thought they had lost these people. They thought they were, you know, long, no longer existed. But they just went up into the higher mountains when the Conquistadors showed up. And around the 60s, 70s, they started coming back down into into uh, lower regions, and you know they're very distinct looking in their, in their clothing and and their practices. And so this gentleman was a. Uh an anthropologist, uh, medical anthropologist in the United States, and he went down to go study with him and ended up staying with him for twenty years.
0: Wow, jeez. <laughs> and so
2: I ended up doing, uh, doing some work with some of his practitioners and uh, some friends of mine, mutual, you know, friends they came to me and did the ceremony, and uh, they gifted me the the uh, the opportunity to to be able to gift these these uh, particular ceremonies, and I was doing that, and a woman came to to uh to attend and she had mentioned that she'd met a shaman from africa the week prior who uh had this medicine that cured addictions and Mm. i kind of raised my eyebrow and dismissed it i was like yeah right right and and then she described it a little bit and i went oh okay took some plant medicine and i just you know i to be frank i kind of dismissed it for sure (laughs) and uh and, uh, and a few days later, I actually bumped into her and this particular shaman. And uh, they were sitting in a cafe, and I walked up to them, and she said, uh, Oh, this is the shaman I was talking about. And I looked at him. And he was wearing a baseball cap and, you know, matching high tops with a baseball cap, wearing a jersey and shorts, you know, and he had, you know, he had an earring. I looked yeah. at him and went, you're the shaman? You know, I was wearing a medicine pouch, a medicine pouch that was gifted to me, and uh, and uh, he looked at me, and he looked down at himself, and he looked up, and he goes, what, I have to wear jeans in a dress? Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's amazing.
2: And that's uh, and I joked with him, because I, I, I looked at him, and I said, well, no, I'm sorry, I didn't think you were from Africa. You look like you're from Detroit.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he actually laughed and said, actually, that's where I live. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Yeah, I'm in
2: Detroit right now. I live in Michigan. And, uh, and I used to have this joke, with uh, ongoing joke with friends where if we met people that were from Detroit, we'd say, oh, let me make you feel at home and point my finger at them like we're pointing a gun. <laughs> and so I did that. And he just looked at me and he goes, that's where I
0: live. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so
2: we kind of hit it off. And um, he told me a little bit about his medicine and uh he had said something to me uh cause i had just actually uh that earlier that day was talking with a friend of mine and a teacher of mine who's uh, uh, a Tao practitioner she, she runs an altar that's uh, a Taoist practice and she said some things to me about uh you know the flame and light and creation and you know things like that and he made some comments and i said for so the life of me I can't remember exactly what he had said, but I looked at him and I went, Oh, so you mean your medicine brings you to the beginning of creation and back?
3: Whoa. And he
2: looked at me and goes, Well actually, yeah, that's what it does.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: And so I invited I invited him to attend one of my ceremonies, uh, this energetic uh, ceremony, uh, that next weekend and he attended. And afterwards he uh, you know, he said, yeah, he invited me to come, uh, to see if I'd be interested in learning about his medicine and see if I'd be interested in working with him. And uh, I actually said no.
0: Wow. me. <laughs> okay. I
2: was, uh, uh, have a lot going on here and and um, it was a few months later that he uh, that I ended up getting uh, the um, the swine flu virus that was going around, the H one N one I had that whatever they called it.
1: Yes, but, I had that. Yeah I- and I was I, I, was die. I was sick for weeks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was sick for weeks, and I didn't know what to do. I tried everything, um, and I normally when I get really sick, if I ever get sick like that, and I can't, you know, uh, pass through it myself or feel it myself, I would go and uh, and see this Chinese doctor friend of mine. Um, somewhere between eighty and eight hundred, and <laughs> this old gentleman I know in Toronto. <laughs> And he, uh, he's always away. He always flies back to Hong Kong during the holidays. So this is around Christmas. So I finally, after two weeks, said, OK, you know what, I'm just going to go to the hospital. i got to figure something out. And as I'm walking to the hospital, my phone rings. And it is this uh, shaman. Uh, his name is Nganda And he's calling me from Central America. And he's like, I haven't, you know, you're, you know, I haven't heard from you. What's going on? And I responded. He goes, oh, my God, you sound terrible. What's going on? And I told him, and he says, well, what are you doing about it? And I said, well, funny you ask. I'm actually walking to the hospital right now. And he he just immediately says, don't go to the hospital. Just go home. Uh, You're going to waste your time. They're not going to know what's wrong, and they're just going to offer you pills. Uh, I'll be there this weekend. My medicine is actually uh, antiviral, too, and just going to heal you, and I'll do a ceremony for you. What?
3: This is so so cool.
2: I said, said, thank you so much, you know, you know, and yeah. I had only met this man once, and uh, so I said, thank you so much, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, I hung up, and I still went to the hospital, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With this guy, I really don't know. <laughs> and literally, uh, I'm in the hospital almost 10 hours, you know, they, well. they had no clue what was wrong. the actual doctor came in and said, is it DN1, is it this, is it that, he goes, I don't know, and I asked him, what, well, what do you mean? you know? And he started to read everything everything I told him in the tree office. Oh. <laughs> So I looked at him and I said, can you tell me anything I didn't tell you? And he wow. said, well, I can give you some antibiotics. Oh, and not
3: him,
2: surprising. You know, I said, thank you. And I didn't even, you know, I didn't feel the prescription. I just went home and shaking my head and wondering how this uh, this uh, man from African uh, lived in Detroit knew anything about what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I went home and I met him that weekend. He came and he did a a, a talk uh at this health center about uh with you about a boga. And I was really amazed at the things that he was talking about and uh you know, it all sounded very just straightforward and very truthful and uh, he's really quite charismatic and so uh the next day I attended a ceremony and um, a lot of friends of mine knew that I was attending the ceremony, and uh, you know the only thing that I could say to them afterwards when they all asked me what happened, the only thing I could say that was real uh, distinction was that I'm free.
0: Wow.
2: I mean, what do you mean you're free? I said mean, I'm free of the stories, I'm free of the dramas, I'm free of the attachments to that stuff. I'm just free to be. Mm-hmm. It's free to be and to be me. Wow. And uh, and that was kind of what I got out of it. And, you know, I've had glimpses in the past in in different meditations and different um, uh, traditional uh, ceremonies, such as sweat sweat lodges and other, you know, vision quests and things like that that I had attended over the years. But nothing that was so uh, incredibly sustained and nothing that was so fully um, realized, as far as I could say, full sensory realized. You know all of my senses, and um, and really getting to really meet my own spirit, and the spirit of even family members and deceased members, you know face to face,
3: and wow to
2: get clear answers. And uh, this lasted for hours upon hours, and you know a lot of it I didn't even remember afterwards. Um, but as the months grew, uh, afterwards I, I was still you know, getting more insights and remembering things and and getting these uh, incredible aha moments and and understanding of my own patterns and and things that I still haven't been looking at in my life that I hadn't really faced, Uh, even though I had done a tremendous amount of healing and tremendous amount of other traditional healing work and and, um, meditations and that. I, I still still think that I was I was blind to myself and about life and just yeah. in
0: general. So, yeah, so so, so many like, of us are. That's now real real quick, Michael. W- so some of our listeners. We get a good amount that are familiar with this stuff, but there's a lot of people that we're in our crowd that we're opening up to that have never really been experienced. So could you kind of, just as if someone didn't know what Iboga was, can you explain kind of what that is and what, uh, as much as you could remember or or as much as you're willing to talk about what the ceremony was like? Oh,
3: definitely. For sure, for sure. So Iboga
2: itself, uh, Iboga is a plant. Uh, It's a tabernacle Iboga. It's a shrub from uh, West Africa, Central West Africa, Probably found in that region from Gabon, predominantly in Cameroon and the Congo, but mostly Gabon. And um, it's just a small uh, shrubbing tree, fooding tree. And what uh, was discovered uh, at some point millennia ago by uh, the pygmies, uh, with this root uh, they found this plant medicine and um, I can tell you the story, it's a longer story but it's a plant that uh, they harvest the root from and have been moving traditionally in their own culture for a long time, for millennia now on um, used in, in things like uh, mostly as a, what they call an initiation into uh, adulthood
3: mm. into
2: uh, into learning about themselves. So what they talk about in the tradition, in what's called bhuti, is a tradition uh, that's uh, with the medicine. It's a a root that helps you get to the root of you.
0: Wow, that is powerful.
2: Yeah, it's a a plant uh, that helps someone. The the purpose behind the medicine in the tradition uh, is to show you the truth. The truth about you, the truth about life, and any questions you may have, for uh, so you to really just see the truth. And it's not just hear it or see it; but to actually know it. So hear it, taste it, smell it. So
0: what you're uh, what know you're know saying? It. Just so I'm kind of understanding, because this is phenomenal. If what I'm hearing is right, like iboga and you know ayahuasca, these, these kind of medicines, what they've seen, what it seems like. I know in our experience, and sounds like in yours, you get this kind of beautiful I don't mean to throw the term enlightenment loosely around but you're a bit enlightened anyway and you feel so much you said freer and you just feel so much more at peace with life while we experience that you're saying that they used it as like everyone does it as just a right to like as as they as they mature yeah yeah and it depends on
2: the age
0: that's amazing
2: that are ready to step into this At very early ages. Now it's in the culture. So even children. I've been in ceremonies where you know there's a newborn. That's like you know maybe or the baby's maybe six months to a year, and you know they'll just put a little paste on their tongue and they run them through a ceremony right but they're not actually you know taking medicine they're just introducing it and, and this continues i've been in ceremonies in africa with uh, children as, as young as six to eight years old and these children are looking at me like you know i can't handle it and they're like what's wrong with you?" <laughs> 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 and they're not they're not they're not taking the medicine all the time they're just or huge amounts you know they're just introduced to these are they have a dance and songs and and a full uh uh, you know, what drums and instruments and songs and, and ceremonies and rituals that they're taught from a very, very early age. And this goes on to, you know, as childhood, all the way through the entire culture. There are everyone from, you know, uh, uh, politicians uh, and people within the, the military to doctors, lawyers, police officers, yeah. um, you know, dishwashers, like everyone, you know, right across the entire culture. And uh, but for a long time, they, they, before the the, uh, the French mercenaries or uh, sorry, uh, missionaries and the French had come through the, the continent, um, you know this is all very open in their culture. And then when they were introduced from the west, they had to actually hide and be clandestine for a long time and hide their, their traditions because they were being persecuted uh, for you know of course not following the the standard of. of uh, of uh, Western culture.
0: Wow.
2: Which is also something that happened in Canada as well with natives in Canada. You know, the indigenous people there couldn't practice their own you know, teachings and and songs and music and dance. And being uh, in Central America and South America as well. Hmm. Well, in Africa, they uh, they ended up. Yeah, they, and they use it, of course, in, in other ways to help heal and to learn about other things and other medicines that they need to use to heal, for diagnostics and getting answers. So the medicine itself is about getting the truth and, and getting answers to things. Wow. And once you get the truth, is what we've learned is once you, you know, once you face the truth and see the truth, you're free because mm. only this truth can really set you free because you're right. no longer in a state of wonder and, or, or wonder not wonderment but in, in, a, in, uh, in not knowing right? knowing what to do wow. I
3: mean,
1: they very
2: much show me attitude and in, in the tradition it's very show me okay really is that true? show me
3: mm-hmm.
2: right okay we're going to go find them and get that answer for ourselves
0: wow okay right? so
2: there's no one person has the answer that nobody else can get right Right, we, you know the truth. There's only one truth to everything. Uh-huh.
0: You know,
2: everything has its own truth, and there's no, there's no two truths. Yeah, right, and it's right. like the sun and the moon. There's no two suns and two moons here. <laughs> <laughs> there's one truth. Right. No. How a, we're not a Jupiter. It... We don't have that many moons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how long does it last? Like, how long is the you know the, the yeah the ceremony?
2: Well, the ceremony itself is broken up into uh into uh a few parts really um the first part is the uh medicine ceremony part which is uh we start off with a circle um you know in, in africa it's a little different than what we do in the west in africa it's uh the way the ceremonies are set up are slightly different for initiations and that but we have what we call uh um, psycho-spiritual work—it's spiritual work that we do in a circle, and we just basically talk about medicine, talk about the effects of the medicine, talk about the tradition where it comes from, and we talk about life in general. And so, the difference between boga and Ayahuasca that I found—the main, one of the main differences in what ceremonies are run—is that the, uh, for the West here, is that. Don't just put your intention into it. You actually write questions you have for your life. Ooh. Direct questions. Literally write them down.
0: To any boga, so you write them down.
2: Yeah. So you write them down the day before, or when you're, however long. We prepare people ahead of time to write the questions right. and get clear on what their target is. What do you want the medicine to show you? What do you need to know? What is it that you need to heal? What's happening in your life? And so we talk about that around the circle. Once we have all the questions, we have a better understanding and an uh, idea of what somebody's really there for. And getting really, really down to the point of what is it that you, what's the that thing that's troubling you? Or well, what is the thing that you're missing or what is it that you're trying to achieve? And then once the medicine starts to take effect, then you lay down. And you'll be laying down and we have particular music that we play. Now in Africa it's all live and it's an entire orchestra. Wow! There are many musicians and many singers and dancing and fire and so yeah. cool. But, uh, Is there yeah, but in the,
1: the purging in the west? In the west. Go ahead. Is, do you purge like you do off of ayahuasca? In, not the same way, but it can happen.
2: Uh, that's what we were to with the detox. So some people with detox um, either through vomiting, uh, some will detox through sweating, and uh, or having to go to the bathroom to go pee, uh, to urinate, but um, it's not as common for the other way. And with ayahuasca, you know how you have to sit on the toilet? <laughs>
3: it's <laughs> yep. not quite the same
2: way as that. And the purges can happen, um, but it's not common. And if you have a lot of toxicity in your system, right, yeah. right. And then, and then there's what we call the, de- the other detox that occurs is in the difference
3: with this is that you get a lot of
2: um, uh, either negative thoughts or emotions that will, or not even just that, they're just kind of detoxing things, they're just patterns and there can be a lot of random things that are just being released and I, we, a lot of wow. people liken it to, to a defragging
0: right, That's awesome.
3: That's-
2: and then a kind of defragging of the emotions. The beauty wow. is that you kind of you're you have a you're not really engaged with it, it's just happening and it's it's not causing any uh, real upset. Um, but it it can happen. Right. But wow. so when somebody goes through that and that goes on through the evening until the morning. And there's also points through the night, uh, that we guide you through your journey. That's sort of the way what we've been trained to do, um, in this tradition. Now, Bhuti is broken up into many traditions. It's uh Many different uh, kind of uh, uh, branches of it and this one particular branch that I'm, I'm uh, trained with and that I've been initiated and, and part of the tribe and village is called the Sokol and they're more the, uh, the healers and um, uh, I guess you call spiritual warriors so to speak and healers so they uh, taught us how to guide people through the process
0: That is awesome. And
2: guide you through your questions and guide you in the journey that you have. So, there's a few types of journeys. There's some that's just an internal journey. It's a lot different than ayahuasca and and a lot of other plants, psychedelics, as they call it. You're not getting all of these um, uh, when, you're, when your eyes are closed, all those colors and different uh, entities and shapes and stuff. It's more very real. It's more introspective. It's more memories and patterns and ideas that, that have been um, put in your mind or that you've been taking on and it's just like kind of a defragment of all of that stuff.
0: That is awesome. Wow. That sounds...
2: Yeah. very real. Yeah, but, it, you know, it can be... Some people can have it in HD. <laughs> you know, very real HD visual. Some people don't see a lot of visual, but they get more auditory, or they just get a sense of knowing and memories. It... So, for instance, I had one gentleman in a ceremony who, um, he had asked one of his questions on his own. while well, he was lame, and he just asked a question. And he said, you know, many hours later that he had a memory of some things that had happened in his life. And then he realized, oh, my God, that's the answer to the question I asked hours ago.
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> right? That's And, oh, cool. that's what that is. Right? Or, for instance, in my journey, one of my journeys, I had asked ask some questions. And I was getting, like, uh, Bob Barker, um, it was really funny, actually. I got Bob Barker on stage of Price is Right. <laughs> with the game show sign, blights with the word.
0: Wow, <laughs> to my answer, that's right? hilarious. And,
2: what? You know, and it comes. Yeah, it comes I in many different her. ways, and yeah. and so it comes to different people in different ways. You know, some people uh, that I've worked with that are uh, work with um, that are uh, computer programmers, they get to see things coming at them like on a screen, and they're able to put it into a spam folder or delete it or. You know, wow. that, means, well, I don't need that, You know, and and then being able to work through things. Um, I've had some people that, uh, for personal development, have just been asking very direct and clear questions. How do I, how do I achieve this? What do I need to do to do that? How can I get? And they're just getting very clear, and, and they're actually journeying through to see how they can actually make things manifest for themselves. She. That That's
3: incredible. I
2: mean, uh, the beauty of this medicine is it's uh, it's very direct. And it, it can be very direct, but in many cases you, you can, it might be very direct or subtle changes that you start to see and then they become very profound. So it's the, the job of one of the providers, as they call it, or an NGANGA as I am, is to be able to really uh, help someone decipher and go through it themselves what it is they need to do. Right? And it has so many other healing, physical healing qualities with this medicine. Uh, from neurological problems or physical ailments, like pain, like physical kind of
0: pain at, and stuff like that
2: well, well, actually to heal yourself, go inside you know in spirit and see what's wrong cause you know what is it that's eating that's going on? so go inside and figure it out and clear it.
0: That's you know, amazing. On a spiritual level. yeah, we felt we felt you know, like been many. yeah, we've had we've had such an incredible. Um, profound experience with ayahuasca, and now like we're learning a bunch about iboga, and we're we're so interested in that experience. I mean, there's yeah, there's, yeah. I still have yeah. healing to
1: do. But yeah, I got a lot of healing. Well, but I I, still have I, healing. I do
2: ceremonies all over the world.
0: That's amazing. We actually amazing. have
1: a place in, in
2: um in uh Mayan Riviera now
0: actually. Wow, where I am right now. I'm in, in um Cancun. Cancun. And well, so out, <laughs> yep. Well, that's what. So the next question I was going to ask. So you the the um. The Bwiti, the tribe you're in, they're, they're spiritual warriors. They're the healers. You were an, an, a legitimate, it's called a Nganga, right? Which means healer in Bwiti. Yeah, so I think I've been
2: giving the okay um, to, uh, and the blessing
0: to the tribe. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's got to be such an honor.
2: Yeah, well, it's, yeah it is. It's, uh,
0: it's an honor to do the work I love to do now. That's so great. So, yeah. how, what... I. I, I go ahead I'm incredibly honored that's amazing that's so cool um I, I gotta ask so what was the training like to become one like what'd you have yeah. to do how did they bring you in like did they welcome <laughs> you immediately like what what is that you, like you
1: just stay with them and like drink the medicine and uh, yeah tell do, us about do that
0: <laughs> there's there's so much involved so, sorry we asked you like 10 uh, questions it is, there
2: it, it, <laughs> it is challenging it is challenging to be frank uh when I first so after my first ceremony, uh, I was amazed, completely amazed at the potential. I was like, "Oh, this is like this is an answer that many people can have." It's like it's like the uh, if you've been in the Matrix, if you've seen the movie The Matrix. It's like taking that uh, the blue pill or sorry, the red pill and then stepping out and going, "Oh my God, this is what life is," and then coming back and going, "Oh."
0: That's yeah, my favorite so movie, me, so right? yeah. Like, <laughs> I know what yeah, you mean?
2: Yeah, same with the the shaman. That's his favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh got his favorite movie is, is the Matrix. So, so you know, I kind of like him, like him into uh, to Morpheus. Right?
0: That's amazing. <laughs> so he, uh,
2: so when I when I went through my journey, and you know, as I said, I told everybody I felt free. When I stepped back, and I came back into to. You know real time and and it was you know more here i i realized something then i think that part of even what i refer to as we call the spirit world seemed so much more real to me it was very like instantaneous and i was able to manifest like instantaneously you know it's like that's so real and and when i was here i realized oh my god this is more like a dream
3: Wow.
2: Right, and this is a dream. This world is a dream, and I get to dream it up any way I choose. I can look at this in any way I choose to, mm-hmm. and and then I then this next realization that I, I had was, oh my God, I've been living a nightmare in so many ways. Wow. <laughs> so, so it was able to be real with yourself, being learning how to really live real in reality, and what is that? Right, being grounded. I've never felt more grounded in my life, and that's, you know, it's very interesting because this is a, this is, it comes from the root, it comes from down in the earth, so yeah. from the tree's roots, so, you know, there's really nothing more grounding. I've, I've experienced a number of plant medicine ceremonies in my time, from ayahuasca to peyote uh, ceremonies at the Native American church, and doing a pilgrimage in the desert. So cool! And, I've had many experiences, and they're all beautiful medicines, and they all have their place and their their, their strengths, and the, the, what I call the mirror for ourselves, and in a it's just the mirror is completely clear, right, so you get to have that opportunity to see yourself, and then what you need to do to change whatever you want to change, and it doesn't mm-hmm. do it for you, it just shows you, right, it doesn't take your free will away.
0: Mm. I mean, right. we're definitely going we just, to do we'll show this now. Know. Like, we're
1: definitely doing yeah. this now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs>
3: wow.
0: Yeah. This is amazing. So, but
2: the training for me was very challenging. So, I went down because I had a lot of teachings from before, you know, studying with Qigong masters and other, you know, uh, elders and other teachings. And, you yeah. know, I was doing my own other work. And so, when I went down to train, I'll be quite frank, I wasn't ready. Yeah. My cup was too full. Wow. And uh, and I actually laughed after a few months.
0: Wow! And,
2: uh, you know, and then it took about two and a half years of of reaching out to uh, then being introduced to uh, Aya and training with. And I was actually studying with and in many many ceremonies with uh, with a Colombian kata or taita, uh, learning about uh, Yahé and Ayahuasca and many ceremonies of that over a couple of years, but always knowing that this is the work I was meant to do.
0: Was it in my
2: very first journey.
0: You knew that. Was, a first, was, asked, your, was your I asked journey. the
2: question, yeah, I asked the question, what's my purpose with this and what do I know? And Who's this guy? And, what's, you know? and The answer I got was, yeah, this is something that you are really going to love doing and, and you're going to help a lot of people and this is what you should be doing. And Actually, my last ceremony with Ayahuasca, which is must be almost ten years ago. Uh, or, no, at least eight, eight years ago. Um, yeah, it was
0: eight years ago. Uh, she, she basically told me. You know, she looked at me and said, "You know, what are you doing?
2: <laughs> you know where
3: you're supposed to go. <laughs> Why are you here still?" <laughs> Mother ayahuasca basically yeah. told you, like, iboga is your path. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> yeah, what are wow. you doing here? Yeah, like, buddy, <laughs> 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 right? Like, I haven't you had enough? <laughs> <laughs> so she she basically grabbed me by my beard, slapped me in the face, and said, "Go!"
3: <laughs>
1: in a loving
0: way. You know? Right. That's in a loving way. That's how it always. Yeah. That's always is with her. In her own loving way, which yeah. she chooses.
1: Yeah. yeah. I asked her to be gentle with so, me, and she'll get
2: kicked in the butt. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
2: My grandmother needs to kick me in the butt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice? That, does it change? Like the more you do the medicine, I mean, because I know, like with ayahuasca, they say it's different every single time, and oh yeah, or it gets less intense.
2: Yeah, so so over the number of years, I've only done a few ceremonies for myself. I mean, I had that first one, and I had I've been to Africa. I had my initiation. And I had one, two, three, four. I so about five ceremonies for myself. Not even. Four Four ceremonies for myself in the last um, 10 years, 12 Mm. years. Now, I do take the medicine in in a small dose, uh, a small amount of microdosing uh, for my ceremonies.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And when I go to Africa, when I go to Africa and we're doing initiations and I'm assisting, uh, or I'm just actually one of the other participants there, I take more medicine and I've had, you know, incredible healings, but I haven't actually not a specific ceremony for me and uh you know the microdosing I take just so I can connect more clearly with the answers of the medicine or allow the medicine to work through me right yeah and it it, it helps me to it helps me to step out of the way
0: (laughs) yes yes
2: you know because it's not it's not up to me uh to make my ideas or or cross transfer any of my own ideas or thoughts you know, what needs to be done with a client or with a, with a guest or somebody who's being healed—it's not up to me. It's really up to the
0: medicine. That's what our, our shaman said too. To yep.
2: Yes, yeah, my my job is to connect the person uh, so they can develop a clear relationship with the medicine.
1: Do you feel like yeah. something channels through you when you're in a ceremony when you're giving facilitating that? Because oh, with definitely, our experience, definitely. yeah, our shaman, like, like you talk to him during the daytime, and then you hear him during the ceremony. I'm like, that's not the same guy, you know, like totally no, no, different. No, no. <laughs> it's so <laughs> no, amazing, it's, though. Know, the,
2: yeah, yeah. So, for me, um, and the same I've seen it in my my teacher in Maganda. Like he there's a man Patrick. That's his you know colonial name and his Western name. And then there's the name that he was given as the shaman, it's, it's Mugenda, which, by the way, Mugenda means spirit of woman.
0: Interesting. So he,
2: yeah, and he's a very powerful man.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: he's he's, he's you know, raised, raised by women. Yeah. And uh, one thing I will share with you is that even though it seems like a very patriarchal male, you know, male, very tough kind of thing uh, with the booty. Um, it is, uh, most of the shamans, or what they call Nima, so a shaman is called a Nima, or what we refer to as shamans are high high healers um, that work with spirit. They're, most of them are women.
0: Wow.
2: Right? And most of the chiefs that you will find in a lot of the villages are women. Whoa.
0: You know? And
2: even though the men stand up front and... Uh, Muganda in particular is a, is a man and he is uh, he's the, the lead shaman uh, for the whole all of the Masoko because uh, he conducts uh, other ceremonies that other shamans don't conduct, called the rites of passage. And, he's, he's, uh, and this is a lineage thing, and it's passed down. And, and so anybody who's called to do this work, um, can, they'll open the door and say, yeah, come on in. And, you know, yeah, you have every opportunity to learn what you want to learn from us. The only thing that they ask is that you don't change what you're taught. Don't try to add anything to the ceremony or take anything away from it or change it the way that you think it should be done. Mm-hmm. Do it the way we're teaching you because this is what the medicine has taught us from the beginning. Wow. And to not add anything and change the way. Because once you do, then you're not respecting where it came from and they'll stop teaching you.
3: Wow.
2: And that's, that's how actually the pygmies introduced it to other tribes. You know, a particular tribe wanted to learn, so they they offered them a, a particular amount of the knowledge, and then they watched what they do with it. And they waited, and they waited, and if they don't change it, they'll give them more knowledge. And they'll wait maybe another generation or two with that tribe and watch what happens. And if they don't change it, they'll give them all of the knowledge. Wow. But if you go ahead and you change it or you try to, you know, and you're not really respecting them and the way they teach it and being involved with them and, and being a member of the village, they're not going to continue to teach you. But they'll open the door and say, yeah, come on in, hang on. right? Because our door is always open.
3: Oh, wow. uh, the
2: temple, the temple door in their ceremony, the temple, the ceremony space, one wall is completely open. And so you're oh. free to come and go as you choose. Right, come on in any time, and there you go. (laughs) Wow. See you when you decide to come back. As long as you approach it with respect and approach them with respect, they'll always keep the door open, right? But if they do say, you know, if they do turn to you and say, you know, uh, you're not welcome back because of this or this, they mean it, and they won't take their words back,
0: (laughs) right?
2: Because you know, they they say what you speak into the world. You know, you can't eat those words.
0: Wow Speak the
2: truth And if
0: it's this way That's the way it is
2: So that's just how they are Very very strong And very Matter of fact
0: So I I got a question So you You know one I asked you earlier uh, Before we even jumped on this By email What you feel like Your spiritual gift was And I love it Because I totally resonate with it Uh, I asked you And you said your Gift was kind of Your ability to help Guide people to their own Inner truth And you're a storyteller Um, I resonate with that because Megan's has like these, I don't even know how to explain them, very, very specific, intuitive gifts that I just, I don't have like she does, but I feel the same ability as you, it's just not at all like zero legitimate plant training you have way way years, years more tr- legitimate training <laughs> so h- how is your ability to help people find their truth because that that interests me so much i feel such a divine calling to go towards the path of helping people find their truth within them how has yours developed over the years and specifically working with plant medicine like iboga practice. iboga
2: just practice practice You know, practice on on just being clear. Yeah. So when I say my ability to help somebody see their truth, um, that's in the work that I do. And what I've gained in the gifts is to be able to be more um, open to listening to what what I'm being guided to assist somebody through. Yeah. So really, when it comes down to it, there's nothing special about me more than anybody else. I've just learned a skill. Right, there's mm-hmm. too much yet, and we all have these gifts. We all have these intuitive gifts that we tap into.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Are you Are you using them? Are you connecting with them? I often hear people refer to you know the, that person's so spiritual. I'm like everybody is. You're right, so yeah. right. <laughs> how 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 in tune with your spirit are you? Right. right. Are you listening to it? Are you listening to it, or is there too much chatter in your mind? Where right. does the spirit reside in you? We, we often hear people talking about getting to the heart of it, right? Or the Buddha heart, or Christ heart. You know, the heart of Christ. And, yep. all this, and really, it's in your heart. Yes. That that the spark, the spark of the Creator resides.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that so much because there's so much conditioning around religion. And I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I know both Megan and I come from kind of uh, conditioned families and, you know, we're kind of the black sheep a little bit, <laughs> where we feel like love, <laughs> love is the center of all of this. And like throughout the teachings, whatever you're looking at, the center is love. It's like the, the key is within yourself. You know, it's not some external person in the sky. No, no, and, and well, no, the,
2: the creator, the creator is just in, in everything right and, and life exists and everything but there is a creator that's and that's what we understand and what we know oh yeah there is a creator
0: yes absolutely and, and
2: what that creator is for me to be able to fathom or see that creator um and, or hear it or anything that's 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 not one one thing that we say in the tradition in the Buddhist tradition is there's only two things that this medicine will not answer for you and you can't find the answer to. One is, what happens to you after you pass away? After you die? You can't find out what happens to you after you die. Okay. That's it. The other is, you can't meet the creator face to face. Mm. Otherwise you're not coming back here. (laughs) And nobody ever has. We've all seen the light. Many people talk about seeing the light, but actually seeing it face to face what the Creator is, it's it's unfathomable. A lot of the teachings from my past and in in my younger years with uh, Yogi philosophy and and Oriental occultism and other traditional teachings, they talk about it as the absolute, as something that we absolutely can't really fathom, right, with our own mind as it is. Right. Well, once you step into the spirit world, you're able to manifest so many things. But those are the answers that have never been answered. Yeah. For
0: millennia. Well, speaking of religion well, and. Sti- that,
2: everything else we need to
3: learn.
0: Right. <laughs>
3: you know, just go and
0: find out. Well, speaking of religion stuff, what on this path, like what do you associate with any kind of uh, religion? Like Megan yeah. and I, since going down this path. Uh, we kind of found ourselves, we call ourselves metaphysical Christians, which we didn't think was a real thing, but that is like literally what we resonate with are metaphysical Christians. Oh yeah. Do you, what do you feel like you, uh, yeah, do you associate beautiful. with something? Oh, thank you. <laughs> well,
3: so, so you
2: know, I think it's beautiful. I have, uh, many of my friends are, are, uh, what I've referred to as metaphysical Christians or, uh, have, have their own traditional belief systems, um, so we don't we don't from for me, I don't refer to myself as anything other than a booty Now booty itself means uh, study of life. Hmm. and uh, or students of life. Right. So those who are booty are just students of life, so or of nature. Right? Life and nature is the same thing to us. So
3: wow.
2: no, I I don't I don't I don't subscribe to any particular and I don't discount anything. Right, I think they all have their own validity and their ability to help people to connect with what we refer to as their own spirit,
3: yeah.
2: Right, or the connection with becoming what I call spirited or inspired in their own life,
0: yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I think you know, one and of the,
3: the... And to manifest that outwardly,
0: mm. I think one of the on a turning corners just to just to, for a second one of the biggest issues i feel like and i'm a little biased because i dealt with it in my past but i think one of the biggest issues at least the united states deals with right now is addiction and i think addiction's gone about oh, yeah. so wrong so wrong my struggles early in my life i used all and i'm not not downing society's ways by any means if it works for some people that's great but it all just made me worse it like made me want to drink more Uh, Because it was alcohol addiction for me. And it wasn't until I started experimenting respectfully with psychedelics uh, that really helped me start to revamp my mind. So I say all that because there's been, the more I read about it, incredible, like almost unfathomable promise with uh, iboga and addiction. Can you speak to that?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So
2: uh, what what we found here in the last is that... uh, Abogas are able to um, especially some of the alkaloids that exist in the boga, one in particular is idle game. They found that it's amazing for things like OP it's an alcohol addiction for uh, operating as a blocker
3: yeah.
2: um to the receptor sites, literally going within the cell, not on the outer part of the cell, but within the cell to actually block um and, and to literally reset someone to a pre-addicted state. Now wow. that that uh, that particular alkaloid is, is amazing for that. Um, now the full root bark itself, the actual bark contains you know well over a dozen active alkaloids that we know of, and the combinations of all of those and the way the medicine works with the true spirit in um, it, with all of the spirits in there, it helps somebody to to really. Um, not only on a physical level to detox and reset their mind and and scrub away the neuroreceptor sites that they've uh, created in the body and the neuropeptide sites to reset you, but it actually gives you this introspective state once you get to that ability. And and it takes some time for people. You know, it can take, you know, the first evening or a couple of ceremonies. And some people, I know it's taken three or four ceremonies from to get to that point to really really see their own life and fully be realized of what they need to do and what caused them to do that in the first place and, and to let go of the attachment and the pattern of the story.
3: Wow. Mm. No. Is, is
2: everyone the needs this. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's, I'm a a part of that.
0: She said, everyone needs this.
2: Yes, I agree. Oh. <laughs> so. You know, the other other beauty of the medicine, what they found is there's nothing out there on the planet so far that they have found that increases neuroplasticity so dramatically and so rapidly in the moment.
0: Whoa, that's huge.
2: No kidding.
0: Neuroplasticity is everything.
2: It's the pineal gland. Whoa. You
0: know,
2: there's so many things that this medicine's able to 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 assist somebody with in that way. Now, once you've had that. Have that, that cleansing and that reawakening and that, that really sense of truth for yourself. Those are amazing things to have during a you know a ceremony and to get this epiphany and that. That's fantastic. But what do you do with it?
3: That's Right. What
2: I mean? So with these kind of medicine. So important that especially when you're increasing your plasticity so incredibly, so you need to actually start putting something into practice in a new habit right away. Right. to be able to, to be, and to hold yourself and be held accountable but also to be guided and assisted in the process.
0: Oh, we've got to do this. Because yeah.
2: even though you've got all of these wonderful things come up and these wonderful changes and you're like free with all these things, you know, these are plant teachers. They're teaching us about ourselves. Wow. And so there's going to be homework.
1: And, well, and do, <laughs> yeah, do you... And do do you guys offer like a post integration, like anything for that? Do you? I know some.
2: Oh yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I would be honoring the work if I didn't. You know, it really is important. Right. Um. Yeah, we have. I don't work on my own now. Um. I work with a team of people, so I have other. I have another provider, other providers that are training students, and uh, you know, we have other practitioners and assistance throughout the entire process. So, I mean, and with my work, I don't just take anybody that comes through. Like, you just can't call me up and say, hey, I have money, I want to come. That's not the way I do things. You have to go through a protocol through an intake process. Yeah. So, you know, we're very, you know, obviously with these medicines too, when you're dealing with all sorts of different things that people have, you know, and there are some uh, risks involved with these kinds of medicines if you're not, Appropriately intake. You know, you have to, with me in particular, you have to do an EKG, and depending on what kind of uh, your intake, you know, I like have to do liver panel tests or, you know, evaluations and other ways just to make sure that you're, first of all, ready and that you're physically capable. Right.
1: Wow, no, but that's
2: right? comforting. And, you know, yeah, I've said I've, I've conducted uh, myself uh, close to, if not more than a thousand ceremonies. Whoa. And i <laughs> And I've had, uh, yeah, I've been like last six years, two ceremonies a week. That's all the ones in Africa, so yeah, and the ones prior to that. So yeah, at least a thousand ceremonies, and I've been involved with these many. You know, and uh, I've never had any incident in any of my ceremonies in particular, but I've been looking in different clinics around the world, so there have been incidents. Yeah. You know, where people, people, you know, the, the dangers of these things too is somebody reintroducing some sort of drug, if they're, especially when you're dealing with detox, when people go to these different detox centers. Yep. Um, you know, you have to be very careful, you know, or if somebody's on medications, you know, you have to be very careful. Oh, you're yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: You know, and, and, and I do get a lot of people that are wanting to get off of medications that they're on because they're not helping or they're addicted to them. So there has to be protocol and a process.
1: And I'm sure there's like a special diet to eat, you have to eat beforehand, I'm assuming. Yeah,
2: you know, the beauty with the building is there's no particular diet. There's no dieta. There's oh, no interesting. Recidation. Yeah, it's going to detox you anyway. So whatever's <laughs> in there, some air, food, water, you know, chemicals in the air. water, <laughs> air, food, it's going to clear you out. You know, we, there are certain recommendations we ask people to do to prepare themselves when they when they book an to come. And then there's things that you need to do to, to, to help yourself to make it uh, more effective and easier on your system. Nice.
0: Right. That's and, good. And
2: getting your head head. Uh, um, I like guess well, how can I phrase that? Getting your intentions clear. Getting very very um, focused on what it is that you want to cut from this, and changing your mindset. Right? Mm getting very clear as clear as you can towards it and that that can be a challenge for a lot of people so when people arrive from my sessions they don't come they don't go right into ceremony they literally they they have to come the night before Mm. and wake up at the location that day and spend time with us and, and, you know, and, and get clear on their intentions and work with some of the staff that are, or the other um, team members that are working with us and then doing one on the ones with me and then doing the group work and then getting ready. Wow. And there's different techniques to help people relax and just get ready. Yeah. If you want to get the most out of it and you know, they're taking this time out. And what I love about this tradition too and the way that, that uh, we've been taught is well, in Africa, they're like, okay, you have something wrong? Okay,
0: let's get this deal with this right now. Get it all real and go live your life. Let's <laughs> <laughs> think it is
2: like now. Right. There's right? no like waiting 10 years or 5 years. Continuing to years suffer years
0: for 10 years. Ceremony
2: after, ceremony after ceremony. You know, it's not taking ceremony after ceremony after ceremony to get better. Right? And sometimes you need to take a few more ceremonies. But I've, I've never had any because I've had, you know, a couple of clients that come to me every couple of years. Right, just because they want to reset, or because they love the medicine work, and they just they feel comfortable, and they want to learn more about themselves, but they're not coming for the same thing. Wow. They, at the beginning. they so heal. Now they're,
0: they're at a different
2: point in life, and they want to get deeper understanding of
0: themselves. That's beautiful, man. They're
2: looking, for, they're looking for personal development. They've done such incredible work, and now they've got this new chapter in their life, and they want to be very clear on what direction
3: they want to go
0: that is awesome man that that's beautiful that's man. we uh we only got about two minutes left here as it's an hour limit i could i could free i could keep talking to you for hours man know. this is awesome
2: my favorite
0: topic, you know, uh, the blue the a and me. No. Yeah, hey, <laughs> they are they're, they're our favorite topics right now, too. This is amazing. I, I hate that I've only got through about half the questions here. We may have to set up another uh, another call here.
1: Yeah, we do
0: an episode n- part two. We, we definitely have to do a part two. Well, I, I like to end every episode. Uh, this flew by. Man, I feel I like we've just started talking. Yeah. Um, I like to end, end every episode on one question. Um, if yeah. you could leave the world with one message, what would it be?
3: Oh, I to leave
2: the world with one message:
3: uh,
0: enjoy your life. No, Aww, that's awesome. That, awesome. that is, I love enjoy this. Enjoy your life. Yes, that's. I I hear that and I immediately like breathe a sigh of relief and relax. Like that's awesome. That has a, that that phrase has a beautiful energy. Well, man, thanks so much for coming on here and talking with us. This wonderful. Um, yes, I'm excited. Thank you. We are definitely going to be in contact because this is amazing. We did our ayahuasca ceremonies, and our, our mind and our guidance kind of like shifted towards this whole plant medicine direction and the healing potential of not just us and Megan, uh, but the the world. You know, the world. So um, it's yeah. it's. I think it's what it's what the world needs. You know. Um, but anyway, thank well,
2: that's you. That's why it's up for the world more. Yes,
0: yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Yes, I really, really appreciate time your time. You. You, you have a good rest of your Enjoy Cancun.
1: Yes, enjoy. <laughs> and happy I healing. will, I will. I'm, I'm
2: traveling to Africa next week,
0: so I'll, I'll be back. Oh, so cool. Well, we'll be in contact. Thanks a lot, Michael. Happy healing.
1: Happy healing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye yeah.
0: bye. Bye. the best. Thank you.